Hello and welcome to the You and Me podcast, the podcast for real thrives looking for real advice. Welcome to our new littlest love of episodes, the bonus edit. These new episodes that we are releasing every Thursday will give you all the tips, tricks, quick links that you didn't even know you needed in your wedding planning journey. So today on the show, we will be answering three questions from our gorgeous listeners on the very first place that you begin. You're engaged, now what? So our first question is from our listener, Joe from New South Wales. And let's just jump right in. So Joe asked, I am engaged and the questions from families are already hitting us. What do we tell them if we have nothing to tell them yet? Okay, so the process has started and it's such an exciting time. It's so awesome to be able to say, oh my goodness, you know, we're engaged and stare at your ring for like hours. Don't you think like I always noticed when I first got engaged that at the hand that my ring was on was so much more important. So I'm a right hander, but I just couldn't stop pointing with my left hand and reaching with my left hand and looking at things with my left hand, everything just to see that extra sparkle. It's so exciting, but with all the fun times, there does come some not so fun times, like fielding the when are you going to get married question. So sometimes when you first get engaged, it's actually just nice to sit down and enjoy the moment with their partner. Uh, If you've got the luxury of having a few days up your sleeve to not even tell people that you're engaged at the beginning, oh my God, take it. Because it's the most special moment and one that, you know, it's there's no other feeling that you can compare to being very, like, similar or the same. So it's really nice to be able to live in the moment. And when you're there, you can also have those uninterrupted combos with your partner about when you'd like to get married and how you'd like to approach the process. So when you do announce your engagement, you kind of aren't going in blind and you, you have an idea of what you are happy to tell your loved ones. Sometimes, though, I do suggest giving people a pseudo date just for those who don't stop asking. Yes, that reminds me of uh, my partner and I got engaged in March 2020 and had always planned on um, having a baby first. So, of course, we were getting all those questions um, for the first couple of weeks. Like, when's your wedding going to be? And at that time, I was completely like, you know, knee deep and vomiting, being pregnant (laughs) and getting all these questions. So that's a really good tip. Our next question is from Sarah from WA and she wants to know where do we start? So how far in advance do we begin to book suppliers? That's an interesting one because it's suppliers can book out a lot quicker than I think a lot of people know. So some suppliers require 12 to 18 months in advance for your booking, um, such as your venue. And then others could be closer to the eight to 12 month mark, such as your florist to be able to book them out. However, if there's a specific supplier that you really want, and there are areas that are really important to you as a couple that you do not want to budge on, then get onto them first. I think, you know, the earlier you secure your suppliers, the more chance you've got of getting the ones that you want because they'll be available, obviously. You know, let never leave booking your suppliers to the last minute, though. Um, it's bound to be disappointments if they're not available or if you have to forego certain elements because there's limited options or stock. Um, so get the ones in that are most important first. So, for example, timelines for our couples generally look something like this. Their first booking is their planner obviously. Um, If they're not booking a planner, if you're not booking a planner, then your venue to secure your location and your date is the first booking. 
12 to 14 months out, I'd start to look at your photography, entertainment and your caterer, especially those three. Um, they do book out far in advance. There are some that are super high in demand. Some photographers travel internationally, so they're not actually available four to five months of the year because they're in traveling internationally. So you want to try and get their availability once you have your date pretty soon after so that you know that you won't dis be disappointed. Oh, and your dress or your or your suit. If you're getting a dress or a suit custom made for your wedding day, then you generally want to look to begin this process 12 months out as well. So, um, you know, they're, they're your first kind of suppliers that you're going to want to look at. Um, you want to go get in early to do that. And then you can go down and have a look at your celebrant, um, your florist, your creatives, your videographer, hair and makeup. All those ones that do it between sort of eight to 12 months out or six to 10 months out, um, you're just going to, once you get the ball rolling, once you would not even know the feeling of booking a venue, the weight off your shoulders once you have a venue and a date, it's the longest and the hardest process to do. Um, once you have that, then all your other supplier bookings come a lot quicker. Um, all the little suppliers such as your transportation for your guests or your bridal party, you know, amenities if you require a cool room for a marquee um, or toilets that need to be brought in on site, then you can do that sort of, you know, a lot closer to the date. Um, but those, those big ones, your venue to secure your date and then your non-negotiable suppliers, so the suppliers that you must have there, they are always the ones you start at. Okay, great. Our next question is from Danielle in Victoria and she wants to know, how do I decide on a budget? How do I know how much is too much to spend and what do I do about family contributions? So money, I reckon, is probably one of the hardest areas of wedding planning that couples face because it can be really awkward and intimidating and uncomfortable to talk or ask for money. And the expectations, you know, like some cultures, the father of the bride pays for the wedding. Um, it was a lot more common many, many years ago, way more than it is today. However, there's still a portion of people who either believe that this is the case or they expect it to be the case. Um, there's pressure from families that may have parents divorced. You know, do they pay equal amounts? Do you split it four ways? Do parents not contribute at all because it's all just too hard? Um, there are so many little details within a budget and budget talks that you've really got to consider. So it completely depends on the couple and how comfortable the couple are, I think, in discussing money matters with family. Um, you know, some couples may choose to just put the entire bill themselves because it's just too hard. Um, however, the contributions to your wedding day, however they fall, it's really important to have those talks first so that you go into the process at the beginning, not having any misguided ideas of where you'll land at the end. So ask around as to what others have paid. You know, weddings that you like that you've been to, see if they're willing to let you know their costs or a roundabout of their costs. Not having planned a wedding before, I mean, how do you even know? You don't know what to expect from associated vendors. If you don't have a planner, then, you know, this is where your friends and your family can give you a bit of a starting idea. Each couple will have a different idea of what a budget, quote unquote, should be though. So, and what a wedding is, what's, you know, what parts of a wedding is worth it. So just make sure that when you're asking these questions, don't take anything to heart or don't take it too much like gospel and just be guided by the information you receive rather than taking it to the letter. 
you'll be able to get a really good idea, I think, pretty quickly if you're on the right track for your budget by beginning to inquire with your vendors. So once you've got your venue and you're starting to inquire with your suppliers, you're going to get back really quickly a good idea of what people will cost. You know, you may have thought that a certain amount's okay for a particular vendor and then you get their first initial quote back when you can see the line costing, so the cost per service. So if you're, you're inquiring with a florist, you'll get line costings back for a bouquet and a buttonhole and a corsage and a ceremony setup. So it could really alter the amounts that you'd had initially allocated in your budget, um, you know, based on that first initial um invoice that comes through so budgets are fluid though and they're always changing so where you begin may not necessarily be where you end one piece of advice I always give our couples though is to make sure that you're happy with a certain amount that you want to finish on but be comfortable to know that there's likely to be a 10% variance you know sometimes down most of the time up of hidden or last minute costs. And if you know that from the beginning, it makes an invoice that could have been unforeseen at the 11th hour all the more easier to accept if you'd already allocated what essentially is, you know, basically a slush fund just to be able to sit there. And you know what? If you do an amazing job and you stick to all your budgets really, really vigorously, um, then you've got that little bit up your sleeve to splurge on yourself or to add to your honeymoon or, you know, to get the shoes that you didn't think you could afford, but now you really can. Thank you so much for your advice, Laura. So next week we delve into the world of suppliers who to choose, how to choose, and when to choose. If you have a question or would like our advice, simply record your message, um, and you can do this by via the voice memo or a video, and slide on into our Instagram DMs or leave us an email with your message attached to hello at theyouandmepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks.